welcome to the very first ZA Dev Chat podcast. Um, so my name is Steve, and I have two awesome dudes with me tonight. Uh, Peter, do you want to say hi? Hello. And Kevin. Uh, okay. Cool. Um, so I'm just going to give a very quick um, overview of the idea of the podcast going forward. Um, I know a lot of people really enjoy listening to podcasts, and somehow we don't really have a South African podcast that I am aware of. So the podcast is technologically agnostic, I think is the correct one. I don't really care if it's Ruby, if it's Rails, if it's Node, if it's whatever. If it's interesting, we're going to discuss it. Um, it's not always going to be tech-related, so tonight's topic isn't really tech-related. Um, so that's the idea for the podcast. Um, any ideas, any hints, anybody who wants to be on the podcast, drop me a message, and you know we'll, we'll make a plan. Um, so just a quick introduction, I am a developer that does a number of things. Um, I work full-time in the .NET world, I play with Node, I play with Ruby when I get the chance, and I'm learning Swift. So I really, I think the only technology I don't touch is PHP. That's pretty much it. Um, cool. Peter, your side? My name is Peter. I'm also primarily a .NET developer, learning Elixir and Go on the side, and involved in a number of open source projects. Uh, you can find me on GitHub. That's that's pretty me, sweet and short. Uh, Kevin? Yeah, so in my past life, I was a C-sharp developer. I'm now primarily doing Ruby, Rails. Uh, I get off on a bit of JavaScript on the side, working primarily doing Ruby, Rails consulting work. And yeah, enjoying Dev. Awesome, cool. So the main topic for tonight is new beginnings. So with this being a new podcast, uh, I thought it would be relevant to just chat about new stuff in general. So I think I've highlighted why I wanted to start the podcast, but going back to a, a more personal thing. So recently I switched jobs. I worked at my previous company for close on six years, which for a dev is a fair amount of time to stay in one place. And I'd just gotten to a point where I needed something new. I needed a new challenge. Um, it was very difficult to leave. I loved the people that were there, but it was a case of I needed something new to grow. And yeah, I started chatting to different people. I took it really slowly. But I went out and I found something new and I've now been working at my new job for just over two months now and it's been awesome. I've mentally wrecked. I have learned so much. It's it's almost like having learned programming all over again. There's just so much to learn. There's business stuff, there's team dynamics, there's the technology that they use. It's been really, really awesome. You, you did mention at why you actually went to go look for something new. Oh, what, what challenges have you come across um, actually joining the new company? Is it because you've been out of the recruitment or the looking for a job thing so long? It must have been... Like very daunting stepping into a new role or like joining a new company. How did you find that experience? So I think the most interesting part for me was actually being a full-time coder again. Um, for the last 
two years, uh, I didn't really do a lot of code. I was more, um, you know, working in a in a mentoring capacity, um, and you know, almost managing certain aspects of the project. So the nice part with the team that I've joined is that I knew most of the people before I started there. So from a personal point of view, it was actually very easy stepping in. The biggest challenges have has been the, the technology that they use. So in all honesty, I haven't been used to um, stuff like very hectic dependency injection and very heavy unit testing. So it's one of the reasons why I moved and I wanted to join a team like this is to learn all of those things. So there hasn't really been anything that's been overwhelmingly daunting. I've gotten everything that I wanted. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Now I'm going to flip the tables on you, Mr. Charmas Hayes. You recently got stuck into, I want to say recently, I mean probably over the last few months, you started contributing very heavily to Get Event Store. You resigned from your job and you were at your previous job also for five, six years, if I'm not mistaken. So it's four years. Four years. So why did you why did you decide to move? So it's, it's actually quite interesting. Um, the reasons are very similar to yours. Um, I decided like four years is a long time to stay at a company and it's it's funny because when you stay at a company for that long you actually build build a family. You don't build relationships just and I needed I needed to step out, outside of my comfort zone a bit because if you stay at a company that long you kind of do fall into a rut if you don't do things after hours that much. So luckily Event Store was one of um, one of the places that, that would happily provide me with some part-time part-time work and then um, full-time I would just take a contract or like a semi-permanent contract position. So it's it's actually been it's been fun and it's also got me exposed to a lot of other things that the permanent position at my previous company wouldn't expose me to. So it just it's quite fun. Now the now the interesting thing is that Kevin's sitting very quietly, not saying a yeah, word. Still, yeah. <laughs> so I'm actually quite curious as to Kevin, um, like have you recently started something new? Have you been thinking about something? Okay, in the last while it's uh, to be honest, it's been a bit quiet on that in the last while, but uh, since we've spoken now about just uh, moving jobs and how that's had an effect on well, on careers starting new, my career jump, jumping from working in C Sharp to working in an open source stack with Ruby on Rails was was major for me. In 2011, coming out of working primarily in statically typed languages, which uh, I really enjoyed working with C Sharp and I still do at times, but Getting into something that's completely radically different, and also joining Platform Forty Five, where I was I was able to learn from a lot of people. I was not the most intelligent person in the room, which is something that uh, I know Chad Fowler's book, The Passion of Programming, speaks very heavily about. Being you know, when you're in a band, you don't want to be the best in the band if you want to continue to learn. So. Being around people who I could continuously draw from, continuously learn from, and from the the new beginnings from that become getting out into the community, learning from people who you know we have our once a week getting to code and coffee. Last night we just started our 
Josie Ruby meets up again for uh, for this year. That's the first Wednesday of every month, and getting getting exposure to new people, to new ideas, keeps things fresh. Uh, There's a common yeah. theme that runs across um, all three of us, I think, and it's probably not as new to you as it is to myself and Stephen. Is actually moving to a completely different OS. You probably faced the same thing when you left your primary position uh, from as a C sharp developer, right? Yeah, I switched across from Windows to Mac. I actually got a Mac a few months before I left the C sharp position, and I was working in a VM of all things. But yeah, switching operating systems, getting in, starting to learn Linux, you know, running servers, things like that, in a way that's completely foreign to you in a when you're sitting in Windows Server, Windows operating system for your workstation, things like that. You, you learn a heck of a lot as well. Yeah, and I agree. So I I, th I think the big thing with with the new beginnings and probably the the pros of having a fresh start with something is that you get to learn a lot of new things. And I think that's something all of us seem to enjoy, is when you learn something new for the first time, it is amazing. And you know, suddenly you have a new hammer, and everything is a nail. Uh, but and you know, for me, sometimes, sorry, but sometimes just, we've got, we seem to have this addiction of just jumping into the deep end and trying to hope that we can swim. You know, Taking a job where we're, we're exposed to these radical new ideas straight away and expecting to be able to perform in them, I find it somewhat addictive at some level, getting to try new things out in the middle of a production environment. Yeah, I mean, trying something new in the middle of production, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that, I think that's something that once once we've settled... Once we've gotten settled in our ways and not quite stuck in a rut yet, but we know what we're doing, we know why we want to do it, we know how we're going to do it and do it, you can almost start getting bored with it. Mm. And boredom to me is something that's exceptionally dangerous for a multitude of reasons. And that's generally when I start thinking, hey, you know, it's time to time to have a look at something, start, you know, find something new, find a new way of doing it. Would you say that for, for you guys, when do you start looking for something new? Do you start looking for something new when you're getting bored? Or do you look for something new just for the sake of doing something new? Um, I don't think, for, for me, um, I don't know what Kevin's view is. We'll hear about his uh, views just now. But uh, I think for me is... I never stop looking for something new. I think as developers, you kind of have to keep on looking for something new. Just like changing programming language, changing a platform, changing changing the OS. Um, I think I think that has to become part of our nature, or like that has to become part of our habit, because that's where, like Kevin mentioned before, that's where we thrive, right? Like that's that's where we want to be. We become addictive to, uh, addicted to it. And I think, especially in our careers, we have to we have to become addicted to it. So, changing a job isn't just the only isn't the only change that we can make or looking for something new. It's continuously looking for something new, and that's I think we, yeah, that's that's kind of like addictive to me as well. Like a new open source project, new language, a new platform, and yeah, like even said, even I, new even new methodologies. 
So, yeah. I mean, you can keep your platform and your language exactly the same, but if you decide you're going to shove dependency injection in, you know, let's let's see what could go wrong um, and have some fun, you know, create a service bus for something. Yay. Yeah, so I don't uh, think it's, it's just looking for something, um, when is the right time to look for something new. For me, it's always continuously looking because that's when opportunities present itself as well. So, yeah, yeah. Kevin? Yeah, absolutely looking all the time. Not and But I don't think it's a matter of just looking for the sake of looking. Mm. I find generally these the, the kinds of things that I'm interested in, new things, tend to float my way through through the community, people who I, I hear people talking about React, I hear people talking about Ember, maybe uh, switching across from Unicorn to Puma web server in Ruby, those kinds of things. I hear that hear about those things from other people around and just by hearing about it from people who I respect and have a good reputation, I, I want to go and try those things out. It's, it's kind of second nature and I think that's, again, that's where we kind of thrive. Of, or maybe what happens if I switch from Unicorns to Puma on my production server. It's, what can possibly go wrong? And in general, that that exploration has always been beneficial. So, in in that case of switching technologies, not obviously obviously not everybody works in an environment where they are given the opportunity to make a change like that. Say, so, hey, we've been using Backbone for a project for a while. Let's switch to Ember. Let's switch to Angular. What What are the cons of, well, I'm, I'm not going to say the cons. What are the challenges of trying something new, um, you know, other than switching a job? So let's say you want to change frameworks. What are the challenges behind that, presenting those ideas to business, to your clients, saying, you know, hi, I'm not going to give you any new features for the next two weeks because we're changing the way everything works in the back end. What are the, what are the challenges you guys, um, sorry, Kevin, at, you know, what are the challenges you guys have encountered doing that? Sure, that's an interesting question, especially when it's something new that we're experimenting with. I mean, I know we spend time, our own time outside of work hours and things, trying, trying new technologies out. I've recently, as you know, uh, got very heavily into Ember, learning Ember and all of that, and introducing that as a as a new framework in a business where we've we've done Angular, we've got Backbone apps. Now we want to add Ember. There needs to be a really good case for it, and I, I think that there's a bit of accountability that comes in uh, in the environment I'm in that where we can't just throw new tech at everything especially when you've got a, a team of people who may have to maintain this code that you're writing who don't have the time to go through the learning curve that you're going through. So there's accountability and there's a challenge in that as well. So if you're going to switch things out, especially when it comes down to client work or to production environments, it needs to be well justifiable to your teammates who are going to have to deal with your mess when you leave as well. At 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> a year down the line. No, it's a, it's it's a good point. It's for me, it's always interesting trying to justify the reason behind changing it because, well, behind changing anything. 
often when I learn something new, the first time I learned, the first time I picked up Ruby on Rails, I was going to change the way the company I worked at at the time. This was, I don't know, wow, six, seven years ago. You know, I was going to rewrite everything just over the weekend because, you know, scaffolding and, you know, what could possibly go wrong. And I was very upset when I got shut down and they said, no, we're not going to change this. What happens if you leave? You know, which is a whole different conversation. But it, it, it's, it's always interesting when you learn something new on the side and you're so into it and all you want to do is you want to do that one thing all day, but you can't. So what I'm getting out of it is that even though you sometimes want to have a new beginning on something it's not always it's not always feasible so uh, uh, peter challenges on your side with getting started on something new new beginning you know so what what were your challenges when you got started with the uh, get event store considering that's open source and used by a, a number of people so i th actually think we can have a completely uh, separate podcast or an episode on this particular topic, but uh, for me, generally the challenge about starting or contributing to, like, especially like a relatively large code base like that, is to find like low-hanging fruit and getting involved with the guys that are actually um, running the open-source project or the you know the maintainers is pretty important. So the challenge is to realize whether like when you want to contribute to something like that is do you need to understand the code base in its whole and in its entirety or do you just focus on a particular section and I was very fortunate enough that I could pick a section that didn't really impact most of the code base at first and then you move on from there because if you haven't looked through get event stores code base it's it's there's it's relatively involved I mean there's a lot of bits and moving pieces in there so the for me the challenge was to to find that specific part that I want to start on and then branch off from there. So, yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. So I have wanted to get involved with open source, and that's always a thing that I sit down and go, you know what, I'm going to find a project now. I'm going to get stuck in, and it's going to be awesome. And I do, like, one commit, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah cool, I'm going to carry on with this tomorrow. And, you know, then real life gets in the way again. You know, the challenges, you know, not only of new beginnings, but the challenges of having crying babies is uh, is, a, is an interesting one to overcome. So, sorry, Peter, I'm going to pick on you again. So, so like, as you started working on Get Event Store, your son had just been born. So, not only did you have the, the challenge of a new open source project, which has you know, a number of a number of of points that could cause stress. You also had the the stress and the pressure of being a a first time father, um, of being a first time father. Sorry, not having. <laughs> so, how did you how do you balance two new challenges at the same time? Um, alcohol. Um, is, is a very big part of um, solving one particular problem. Oh, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, I think I think in that particular case, um, forming relationships um, with the people that are actually running running the software or running the company is is pretty important. And luckily, 
um, they were very understanding from that point of view. But it's also like it doesn't really feel at work. So for me to de-stress in the evening after the kid goes to bed was to to pick a piece of event store I'd like to work on. Or so when you do open source stuff, I think Kevin actually raised a pretty good point: is to find something that you actually really like. Like these things just come into your Twitter stream or into whatever channels on social media you follow. But once you find that something that's that you're passionate about, it doesn't feel like work, and it becomes a form of relieving stress. So exercise is a pretty good, pretty good way to relieve stress. But I also feel that mental exercise is also a form of for you to be able to relieve some of that stress. So sometimes there's complicated problems that you need to solve, and sometimes there's just this grunt work. And depending on what your mood is, if the kid was really terrible that day, then you you pick the mindless mindless fun. Um, so it was it was pretty much a combination of getting the people to understand what situation I'm in, and luckily one of them is a dad, so he he does understand, and okay. also the project doesn't feel like work, so it's it's fun. Yeah, pick a job that you love, and you'll never work a day in your life. Something yep. like that. So. Yep. But you know, just getting involved in open source doesn't mean you have to start a brand new project. You can. There are plenty of projects that need help, that need contributors, people to write documentation, people to help triage issues, to help go through. Someone reports a bug. It, it's really useful if someone's able to reproduce it and explain step by step what they've done, and, or plus one it and things like that on GitHub. It doesn't have to be this, you know, balls to the walls. Getting in. I'm going to start a brand new project. And, it, and we're going to have a million users thing. You can have, you can help out in in those open source projects just by just by going through GitHub, going through issues, you know, helping in IRC channels is another way. I don't know how often you guys are in IRC, but that that's one really useful way. Yeah. Uh, I'm usually on IRC for about two days at a time, and then I forget to log in, and then. Uh, yeah. So, how do you find how do you find uh, uh, projects that need help on GitHub that need issues? Um, so, from my side, I don't work with a lot of open source during the day. The only time I touch open source is in the evening, and then you know I'm learning new stuff. So, is there somewhere where I can go to? to find projects that that need help where I can go and try and reproduce issues that I can go and find stuff. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're kind of reaching into one of my picks here, but there's codetriage.com. Okay. And what they do is they've got an index of GitHub repos and kind of split up by language. Uh, and it's just codetriage.com. So I'm just looking at it now. I can go look up specifically Ruby or specifically C-sharp projects that need help. And I can see we've got OpenRA, that's got 718 uh, points on it. Let's just, let me open that up. Yeah, we've got 718 open issues in this in this project, and you can kind of link through them. And it gives you a link that you can then say, I want to triage this project. And okay. you get a daily email. Just go check this, oh, go take a look at this issue, help with this issue. And it, it's... Although it kind of pops up, it's much like just a Twitter stream kind of thing where you can you can ignore it if you're busy, but if you've got time, just get get into it. And okay. 
it's a really nice way of just getting a funding project that could use some help. Okay, that's awesome. Cool. I will check that out. I've got a funny feeling I saw that a while ago, and I probably just lost it. Cool. So we've kind of started branching away from the original, you know, topic. So. Do either of you have any more questions, any more points, anything more to say about new beginnings and their challenges? Nope, not for me. I think that we've, we've done a pretty good job of uh, wrapping or running around that. Cool. So then we will steal the Ruby Rogues idea now and we will have a quick pick session. So um, we, we've kind of already covered one of your, your picks, Kevin. Um, have you got any other picks? Uh, I, I do. Oh, I've got awesome. two others I can link to. Um, one is Flux. If you're using a Mac, and well, I think it's also on Windows, yeah, and yeah. you don't want to burn your eyes out at night, with a white background, install Airflux. I've been using a new machine for a couple of months now, and I hadn't installed it, and I got into this Hangout, and Stephen was blue. His entire room just was blue. <laughs> it just reminded me that I had to install that, so that was my pick. Uh, then a uh, book pick. It's an oldie, but a good one. Uh, seven languages in seven weeks. If you want to get into Pretty something new, pick that up. Spend a week on a language, and I think there are, there's another book or a complimentary book, Seven More Languages in Seven Weeks. I haven't had a chance to see that yet. I uh, think there's seven databases in seven weeks also, as well. There's also seven web frameworks in seven weeks. There's a whole stream of them. So That's a lot of seven books. <laughs> if you're looking for something new to get into and you want to just spend a week exploring, that, that could, that's a really good way of getting into it. And yeah, those are my picks. Cool. Peter, any picks from your side? Awesome. Yeah, I've got two picks. So like I said, I've actually been uh, learning Elixir and Go. And if you actually want to listen to a pretty good um, screencast, it, one of them is Essential Go. I'll put a link in the show notes because typing out or like reading out this URL would kill my brain. And the second one is Elixir Sips by Josh Adams. Yeah, so if you if you're keen on getting a kickstart to both those languages, those are two very good screencasts. Cool. Cool. Thanks guys. So from my side I have finally decided yet again that it's you know new beginnings and all. It's time to to start addressing a few health issues. So my first pick, because I spent a lot of money on it, is my new Fitbit charge. <laughs> uh, I've been saying quite you haven't used it today. I have. Look, I have got three thousand steps today and I've covered two and a half kilometers. That was since I put it on at like half past two today. So that didn't take into account the rest of the day. Obviously with the amount that I paid for it, I kind of hoped that it would be accurate. But I was actually really impressed. I was watching the steps go up as I was walking, and it was it was really, really spot on and accurate. So we'll see after a week how accurate it still is. But yeah, so my other pick is also an oldie, but it seems to be a very goodie. I'm reading The Pragmatic Programmer for the first time. Um, and it's really, really good. I'm really enjoying it. 
Uh, I've picked up a, a number of things so far. Um, they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. What I am picking up is that there's a lot of things that I knew that I didn't realize had names. <laughs> so it's it's been very interesting so far. So yeah, Fitbit Charge and the Pragmatic Programmer from my side. Cool. Guys, thank you very much for being on the first episode. I really do appreciate you joining me. And yeah, we'll try and come up with a topic for next week and we'll see if you guys are keen to join next week again. Awesome. Thank you very Thanks. much for having us. Cool. Cheers. Cheers.